Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new podcast episode 80. Okay, so today I wanted to talk about Walt Disney's 1937 classic, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, so growing up, I was a huge fan of this film. I know a lot of kids growing up in like the, you know, the 90s were just not like Snow White was just not their jam. And I kind of get it because growing up, you know, we had movies like The Lion King, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, where I think the songs were just more for our time anyway, more memorable. And I think the movies were just more engaging in my personal opinion. Like everybody kind of had more flushed out things to say and do. Um, and it just, I don't know, the stories were very different. If you if you look at Snow White, right? And you watch like The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid, you could automatically see there's a huge difference just in everything. Like not only the animation, but the sound, the story, the way things progress, very, very different. I mean, Snow White, there's only like a few characters in the movie that have, well, first of all, there's only a few characters, but there's only a few characters in the movies that have names, right? Like none of the animals in the film have a name. Um, the magic mirror is just the magic mirror. The huntsman doesn't have a name. The prince doesn't have a name. And even the queen herself in the film does not have a name. It's just the queen, Snow White, who is the princess, and then the seven dwarves all have their own individual names. But that's really, really it. Everything else, like they're just, it, just basic. I'm surprised that the seven dwarves even have their own names. They weren't just named the dwarves. I mean, I'm so glad they have their own names, of course, but and their own characteristics and personalities. But majority of the characters in this film, or not majority, I should say, like half of the characters in the film do not have their own like real names or like they're I mean I would say they have personality and they do have heart because I actually really do love this movie as much as I'm saying what I'm saying right now I really do love it and Snow White was very innovative for the studio it was the very first full-length animated feature that Walt Disney had ever put out and it was amazing back in 1937 like nothing around that time had ever been done like that and a lot of people thought that Walt Disney was crazy for doing this film um but what I wanted to talk about really today is just how I think the movie has impacted everything and just kind of my personal thoughts about Snow White um as, as a movie. So first, I, wa- I want to kind of break this thing down. And I want to do this with all the Disney films. I don't want to just do it with a few. Um, but I really wanted to just kind of break down how I feel. Oh, my mom. My mom texted me. She's like, I hope you're having a beautiful day. Um, if you guys could just, if those of you who pray, perhaps, if you just lift her up in prayer right now. My mom is going through some things. And um, we're all just trying to get it sorted out all together. I don't want to put, obviously, her business out on there. They're out in the street without her permission. Um, but, you know... She's working through those things. And speaking of my mom, she's a huge part, too, of all of this for me. Growing up, my mother and my father were so... My mom, especially, were so, like, Disney with me. Like, they they were, like... They liked Disney, of course. They had to have liked it to some degree to get me into it. But, like, they... My mom was so heavy on the Disney stuff. She was, she was. And I loved that. Like, I remember when Snow White released, I think back in like 1995 or four, I was really small. I was really, I was probably like four or five. I was really young. Um, but she got me like the limited edition version from the Disney store that came with like a lithograph and it came with like a watch and the watch had like, it was cute. It was like a see-through, like clear, almost like, like, mm, like a diamond colored, almost like a, like a blue crystal diamond colored, uh, watch with all the seven doors I think were on it. And I think like the, the watch face itself kind of, if you moved your, your wrist, it would like, uh, have different scenes or whatever it was super super cute and then I had the lithograph I still have the lithograph the watch I don't know what happened to but I used to wear that thing I used to love it like all the back then all the movies had like little lithographs and things you could get with the movies um which I think they still do sometimes at the Disney store I'm not don't don't quote me but I think they still do that I think the latest one I have is either Frozen 2 or one of the Avengers films but I know that they as of like a few years ago they were still doing these things 
But um, yeah, Snow White was just one of my first, like, I think one of the first films in memory for me. And growing up, I had like a Snow White Barbie doll. I remember that because like that was that birthday in particular was the first time that my mom like had like designed a birthday party around me and kind of said, okay, like, cause, cause she knew that like, if the men were coming to the party, they're going to get me guy toys, like boy toys. Right. And if women were coming, they knew to get me dolls. So she kind of like, we went to this, um, like our, ver- like our version of like Chuck E. Cheese, whatever the fuck it was. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't be cursing. I'm sorry. I feel, cause I know family sometimes listen to my podcast and I feel bad like that, that I curse and I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, I'm not gonna feel sorry. Anyway, so um, we had this little party for me, and um, I think I've told this over before, but like um, it was like a little Chuck E. Cheese place, whatever. So when all like the, the males went and played games, my mom was like, "Sit back down because we're gonna show you the dolls." And I got a few dolls that year, so I got some really cool toys. I got like a mix of like Batman, X Men, whatever. But then on the flip side of that, I had this really beautiful Snow White doll that somebody bought me. I don't know if it was my mom or someone else, but I remember because I wasn't like a huge fan of Snow White. Like the, I didn't want the doll. Um, I did have, like, other little Snow White characters. Like, back in the 90s, we had, like, the Snow White doll, and then you can get, like, the, the, the dwarves. But the dwarves weren't, like, half her size. They were, like, majority of her size. They were pretty big. Majority of her size. And some of them, if you put them in water or whatever, something would happen. Like, I think I had Sneezy. I think he was one of the ones I had. And if you put him in water, his nose would turn red or something. Like, they were they were fairly, they were, like, almost doll-sized toys. They were decent-sized figures. And they were plastic, and they were, like, hard plastic, too. So if you hit somebody with that, it was going to hurt. Um... But they weren't, like, like X-Men hard plastic. They couldn't bend or anything. They were just, like, their arms could move from side to side. But I think that was about it. I don't think their heads moved. Nothing. They were so cute. Um, anyway, so I had this, like, beautiful, like, Snow White doll. And, like, having that doll, I, like, I loved that doll. Like, her dress. That was back in the 90s where, like, Disney, like, put money. Like, Mattel put money into their, their doll clothes and stuff. And it wasn't just crap fabric. It, like, it was, like, really, like, legit. Um, and she was a beautiful doll. I loved that doll. And, like, I got that the same year, I think, that we got Snow White on VHS. And I, I watched that VHS over... I still have it, but I watched it over and over and over again. And I remember, too, because I think that VHS was also, like, the same year Pocahontas came out. And so if you bought that VHS, um, not only did you get to see uh, the amazing Roy Disney, Roy E. Disney, talking about um, the Walt Disney Studios, which I, actually, that just gave me chills. That just because I'm thinking about like my life now and and going to the Walt Disney Studios and all that stuff and just that's so weird. Anyway, so I remember though when I was a kid watching that for the very first time and seeing Roy Disney and just seeing him like outside of the the uh, Walt Disney Studios in Burbank and like he's outside and there's like the Seven Dwarfs holding up the, like the pillar thing and I remember always being like I want to go. Right, I want to go where he's at. I want to be right there. And now that I've been there myself, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. It's so weird because you never, you never think about these things, but it happens anyway. So, um, before the movie, um, they talked about Disney's latest film in 1995, which at the time was Pocahontas. And I remember like wanting to see it so badly. Like I want to see that. I was so excited for that movie, and that was all ahead of Snow White. Um, and so I, I finally sat down, and I, I think my mom wasn't sure I was gonna like Snow White because even she knew that there was a huge difference between like the movies that she grew up with versus the movies that I'm growing up. Even though she wasn't like Disney wasn't her big deal, she knew that there was a difference. And I sat there and I watched it, and I watched it over and over. And I was surprisingly, Snow White was one of my favorite films. And I remember going to Disneyland, like the first time that I could really remember going, and we went on the Snow White ride, and I was like, I was terrified of that ride. That ride scared the crap out of me because it was so different, right? The movies, like, I mean, there's dark points in the movie, of course. Um, 
But it's so different from, like, you know, the movie. The movie's so happy-go-lucky in most parts. The, the ride really focused on, like, all the bad parts of the movie. Like, not bad, but, like, all the wicked parts of the movie. So it, it's so different. And Pinocchio, too. Like, I actually... But fun fact, um, in the last couple of years, Snow White was so scary of a ride for all these decades that Disney actually went back and changed the ride. It is a much happier happy-go-lucky ride now. Um, I remember a few years ago, I had a friend, and she was, one, she was petrified of the Queen, and I bought, like, to wake her up in the morning, I would play the Snow White, the the Queen song, um, and my friend would freak out. She would, turn it off, because she used, it used to freak her out, and I feel so bad when I think about it now, but it was the only way to get her up in the morning sometimes. She was so hard to freaking get up out of bed, but she hated the Snow White ride. She's like, I'm not getting on that ride. I don't know what it is about the Queen, because the Queen, to me, is one of my favorite characters. We're going to get into all this later, but the Queen for me is one of my favorite characters so it was so weird for me to have a friend who like did not like her but I get it I get it because even if you get on the ride by yourself I've done that before it is kind of spooky but it's because I don't like the the winding turns and I just feel like I'm being watched have you guys ever seen the movie called fun house it's like this like this like a halloween-esque movie about these kids that go into a fun house and like all these little rides and like they get killed Oh, like, they're, they're teenagers, I guess, whatever. I watched that at my cousin's house a long time ago. But ever since then, I've been like, oh my god, I don't want to get on any of these, like, fun house rides by myself. Like, never again. Even when I'm with people, sometimes I get, like, a little bit, like, tense. Um, especially getting on rides like Snow White and um, uh, Mr. Toad. I will not get on Mr. Toad because I don't like the sporadic lights moment. And when I have to, because, you know, I'm a larger human being, so sometimes I have to sit by myself on some of these rides, and that's a no-go. I can do Haunted Mansion, I can do Snow White by myself now, I can do Peter Pan by myself. I cannot do Pinocchio, and I cannot do Mr. Toad. Pinocchio, I can get on. If I'm with someone, I can get on, no problem. But Mr. Toad, I cannot get on that ride. I just, I won't do it. I don't like sporadic lights. When you go into hell, it's very creepy to me. I can't do it. I mean, I don't know what it is about that whole thing. I just can't do the sporadic lights. I feel like someone's gonna jump out and stab me. I can't do it, but my Haunted Mansion I can do. Winnie the Pooh I can do. I cannot do. Little Mermaid I can do. I cannot do that ride. But I think that's also because like Little Mermaid ride and Haunted Mansion, the next cart is right next to you, right? A lot of these other ones, like the the, the ones in Disneyland, like the the Fantasyland rides, they're, they're kind of spaced out. So like, you know, an employee could come and be like, Shank, and then that's the end of you. And I don't want that to happen. So I'm like, no, thank you. Um, yeah, Snow White, for me, um, has always kind of been a part of, of my development as a kid. And I remember telling kids in school that I loved that movie. And they'd be like, you like Snow White? Like, why? It's so boring. And I don't get that. Like, but a lot of the earlier Disney films, a lot of kids in my generation find very boring. And I think it's the pacing. I think it's, it's the pacing. I think it's, it's, um, the lack of, um, I don't want to say lack of development, but kind of like the lack of development of some characters. Like some characters kind of like just exist. They're just kind of there. Like I said, the animals in Snow White, they're just kind of there. A majority of princess films now today, most of the animal characters that are in the film, they have some sort of story. You know, Ariel's got Flounder and Sebastian. Jasmine has Raja. There's Abu. Even though these characters don't speak, they still have a quite a bit of personality and they have names, right? Um, Moana, she's got like, hey, hey, and she's got... Uh, Poa, um, let's see, there's, in Pocahontas, we have Miko and Flit, um, in Mulan, we have a little brother who doesn't say anything, but he's got a little personality for the time that he's in the film, and then, of course, you have Cricket and Mushu. Cricket doesn't speak, but he's got a lot of personality. Mushu speaks, um, we have 
you know, with Princess and the Frog, we have Ray and Lewis who have tons of charm and character and personality. Um, even in Cinderella's early Cinderella, we have Jacques and Gus, and we have Lucifer, and we have Susie and Perla, and all these different characters in these movies. Um, some speak, some don't, but they have tons of personality. Where the animals in Snow White, they're while they're beautifully drawn and animated, they're just kind of there. They don't speak to her. Um, they sing songs with her, sort of, but they don't have any speaking parts. Um, but even, but to me, even with those things, like, I, like that's what, to me what makes Snow White so timeless. Um, and that's what I want to get into now is I want to talk about the, the light and the dark of the film because the ride does represent that part. It represents how dark the film does get. And so I do think there was a purpose for that in the ride. Like it was, it was meant to be like, I, I guess like Snow White's scary story or whatever, because there is something scary about Snow White. Snow White is one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most unapologetic um, Disney films. Not just her, but there's so many other ones. And, and not in a way that's necessarily seen as like racist or problematic to a degree. Um, but it's just unapologetically what it is. You know, Snow White, that's back when the villains were allowed to just be villains and not have to have this redemption arc. Not every villain needs to be redeemed, you know, or, and sometimes the villains are just that they're villains. Like I think one of the last times we've seen one of the last times we've seen a villain just be a villain was probably Frollo. Was one of the last times. I mean, well, there's Frollo, there's um, Clayton. These are villains that are just like, you are a villain. There's really no other category to put you in. And the queen is, you know, she was the first one to do that. Um, and I, I wish there was more of an expansion of, of, of the queen, who I think now is named Grimhilda. Um, I know there was like the Wicked Queen, the Evil Queen. I think at Disneyland, they just call her the queen, which I hate. I'm like, no, like... She's the evil queen. That's who she is. She's always going to be the evil or the wicked queen to me. Um, Grimhilda is a fine name, too. I don't mind that. But, like, I just... I love her character. I think she's such a fun character. And I wanted more from her. And a lot of the, the like, deleted scenes and the um, drawings, there was going to be more to this character. She was going to have more to say and do. Because she does kind of, at one point, like, pop in and out of the movie. While we start the movie with her, there's a lot of points in the movie where she's not in it. And sometimes you forget, like, oh, that's right, Snow White is actually on the run from someone. And then she'll pop back in and be like, ha, I'm still working on this curse that took me half the movie to figure out. Um, but I, I love her character. I think she's she has such a, like, I love her posture, and I just love her grace. And I think a really good display of her, like, that version of her, was in Kingdom Hearts Dream... Uh, Broke my sleep, sorry. That was such a fun game to play. And one of the most iconic levels for me was Snow White. I was so, like, I was surprised about how much I liked the Cinderella level. I thought that was such a cute level. And I love Sleeping Beauties as well. But Snow White's level was the most iconic level to me out of the three, like, of the, the former Disney princes, like, you know, the, the, the older ones. I was so excited to get into the world of Snow White. And I, I still don't even know to this day why Snow White was such a big deal for me. Uh, not only in that game, but just, just, Disney-wise, you know, I just bought the other day. I don't know if you guys collect Nuimos or whatever, the Numos, whatever they're called. The cute little dolls that you can, like, get clothes for and stuff. I just bought the Snow White one the other day. It just came out. And I love that one. I was like, I was so excited. I'm like, it's the first princess. And that, like, she holds such a place to Snow White. You know what I mean? Like, the whole, the whole cast. Like, Grimhilda's the first, you know, really big bad villain, I think, um, in the, in the animated films, because it's the first movie. Um, the Magic Mirror is iconic, too. Com I love the Magic Mirror. Comfortably iconic. I love the Magic Mirror. I love fighting the Magic Mirror in Birth by Sleep. All the times you have to fight it. Sure do. Um, and I think it's 0 0.2, whatever, like, the Birth by Sleep, like, like a sequel sort of with Aqua. I loved revisiting those worlds and seeing all that stuff in there too. So much fun. 
Um, and I, there's something about the queen. Like, she's just dark and mysterious. And I love, like, little little things that Disney has given her, little nods, like, in Once Upon a Time. And I'm mean, in other movies, too, like the Snow White and the Huntsman or uh, the Winter's War movie. Like, it's really fun to see other adaptations of the evil queen and just see how other people see her. But I love, I love going back to the Disney version. I'm so excited for the new Snow White that's coming out because I really hope that she gets to be all the things that I think she should be. I just, I, I really love the, the evil queen, even though she doesn't have a proper name in the movie. Um, she was just fun to watch. She's a fun villain to watch, I think. Um, there's something about her that I, I think a lot of people can relate to. She's very, um, she's very cold. She's very bitter. And she's very insecure and jealous. And it's funny because you look at her and she's actually beautiful. I think she's better looking than Snow White. She's a very pretty, you know, villain. And it's so funny that someone with the way she, she sometimes in some scenes too, she reminds me a little bit of Lucille Ball. I'm thinking of the moment where Snow White is first meeting the prince by the wishing well and she kind of gets upset and she makes this like disgusted yet shocked expression and she just closes the blinds. There's something Lucille Ball about her features in that, that particular moment. And a little bit like Eleanor Adley too. Even though I know Eleanor Adley didn't play her. I don't think she was even at the Walt Disney Studios at that time. I don't think she got there until like the, the 40s or 50s when she played Lady Tremaine and, um, uh, Maleficent, like, nine years later. But there's something about her face that looks very Hollywood, very, like, old Hollywood about the Evil Queen. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I loved her look. I wanted more of her, like, see more of her chamber, see more of the kind of person she is. Because fun fact, um, in the original idea of the film, uh, the reason why the prince doesn't go and rescue Snow White very quickly and why it takes so long is because he was actually in her dungeon. She was actually going to kidnap the prince. And they ended up using that plot in Sleeping Beauty. And I would have loved to have seen how it would have gone in Snow White. Um, I think that would have been kind of fun. I even think I read somewhere, oh, this could be just a trick of my mind, but I remember reading somewhere that there was an idea for Snow White's story and Sleeping Beauty's story to be basically connected. And I think, if I remember correctly, it was in way of the Evil Queen and Maleficent were were people who knew each other or might even have been related by magic. Um, I even think that in one of the Disney Halloween specials for the Disney Halloween treat, I think the magic mirror refers to Maleficent as the Queen's evil sister, but in in terms of magic, like a magic sister. So I kind of liked that there was like sort of a bond between the two stories. And in one of the storybooks I've read, uh, it's like the Wicked series or whatever, it talks about these different evil villains and their origin stories but also talks about these three witch sisters, there is an overlapping of Snow White's story and uh, Sleeping Beauty's story and that the two did know each other. And I kind of like that. Even in Once Upon a Time, that was a thing too between Snow White and Maleficent in the very first season. So there's a lot of people who love putting these two villains together. And I think it helps expand the stories of both and kind of makes them even more interesting. That's what I liked about the older Disney films. The talk of magic and how a lot of the villains used incantations and used spells and were wizards and witches and warlocks. I like that kind of stuff. Excuse me, to a degree. To a degree. I do like that kind of stuff. And I think Snow White is just one of those perfect, perfect uh, meshes of those things. Um, yeah, the Queen is one of my favorite characters. I love her. Her transformation scene is so much fun to watch. Um, if you've ever been to Disneyland in California Adventure, you go to the Art of, Art of Animation studio thing. Um, I think it's just called Animation, whatever it's called. You walk in there and you can meet Anna and Elsa there. There's like Turtle Talk with Crush. You can learn how to draw some of your favorite characters. There's like Beast Library in there. But if you go, there's like this 360 screen experience and they play all these different songs and stuff. And at one point in the whole thing, they play 
the moment of the transformation from the que- for, of the queen in Snow White. And it's just this really fun moment, you know. And then even her transformation when she becomes the Wicked Witch, you know, she goes from the evil queen to the Wicked Witch. That's what it is. Evil queen to Wicked Witch. There's something really fun about that moment. It's very scary. She is very, like, polarizing because she's got those really, like, huge eyes and just this long nose and this one tooth. And it's, it's, it is quite terrifying, though, when you're a kid. And I remember watching the... um the Disneyland fun video when I was a kid my most iconic video I've ever seen shout out to you Bill Hart I love you so much if you're ever gonna listen to this I love you you're my favorite person ever I love you so much anyway (laughs) um but yeah watching that when I was growing up and seeing her in the Haunted Mansion sequence and how she just looks she just randomly comes behind one of these trees and you're like oh that's the evil witch from Snow White oh my gosh it's so fun to see that like her transformation is so just jarring because she's such a beautiful character and the fact that she's so insecure about the the looks of Snow White this young girl it's just it's it's crazy and it does make me wonder what's happening in this kingdom where are her subjects like we know she has a huntsman but we don't see any other subjects and it makes me wonder did she wipe out the kingdom there's so much I want to know about the evil queen and what she's done because I'm like where is everybody (laughs) your kingdom is like there ain't nobody there all we really get to see is the castle itself and the forest. We don't actually know how many people live in this village. What if it's just her, Snow White, and the Huntsman before he gets, you know? We don't even know. We do know that down in her lair, she's obviously kept a lot of people prisoner. There's people that have died because of her. She starved them to death. She's done a lot of really dark things. She's a character who knows exactly what she is, and she makes no apologies about it. She's got a little bit of charm. She makes a few jokes when she's transformed, but that's really it. Um, And I love that kind of aloofness, too, of her character. There doesn't need to be a redemption for her because she knows what she is. She knows the part she's playing, and I love that about her. Getting into, now, Snow White. Um, Another character that I think is so fun. Snow White is is really the heart of the movie, obviously, because she's so charming, and you you feel for her. And she always has this, like, she she is the epitome of what I think a lot of people think of a Disney princess because she is the blueprint for all the other girls. She's very, like, you know... No matter what is happening in my life, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to find, put my best foot forward. I'm in this sucky situation. My evil stepmother possibly killed my father and she's a terrible person, but I'm not going to think about that. I'm too busy wiping the steps, like literally scrubbing the castle steps. Like, girl, what? In her rags. Like, she did it in rags. I just, I can't. Which makes me wonder if Grimhilda has, or the evil queen, has shown her some sort of sign of her having these powers because... I can't, like, I know that she's, like, what, 14 in the movie, but I can't see her just submitting to this. Like, she's completely just submitted to this woman. She's wearing these rags. She's sweeping the castle. She's, like, scrubbing the castle steps. She's clearly, like, not in the best of care, even though she's the princess. And it doesn't seem like anybody is fighting for her on her behalf except for the huntsman, who's not even, like, a royal guard or anything. He's just a huntsman from town. So where are the subjects? Who is looking after this girl? Because it's not this woman. She could give two about this girl. And I I just, there's so many things I'm wondering about about this movie. But that's what I'm saying. I think like a a more modern day Disney film probably would have addressed some of these things. You know what I mean? Like imagine Frozen. You know, if Frozen just showed Anna and Elsa and we just see them in seclusion, there wouldn't be much 
to it. But we do know that in, in the kingdom, everybody kind of went under like, you know, when they lost the king and queen, everybody kind of just shut down. And we see that happen. We see like the servants and stuff kind of being like, okay, like, you know, we're just going to keep things concealed because all this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you can see that they're not, they're clearly not alone. Um, where in Snow White, it's just like, I think it's just her and the queen up in this damn castle because we don't see nobody else the whole damn movie. But anyway, um, <laughs> getting back to Snow. Yeah, she's just a really charming character. I love the color scheme, too, of like the, the yellow in the dress, the blue in the, in the red, um, the black hair. The super, super short. I always hated the length of Snow White's hair. It's so short. I don't like short hair on anybody. Like I, ha- I love long hair. I just love a long, gorgeous mane. And she ain't got that. But she's got so much charm. And I do love the, the more modern updates that they've given Snow White. They've given her more length and more volume. You can see it. You can see it. And I just, I love it. She kind of gives me a, a Shirley Temple vibe now more than she used to. She kind of gives me that vibe. But like, obviously an older Shirley Temple being the one I'm thinking of. Like, I think of her like little animal crackers in my soup Shirley Temple. That's, you know, she's much older. Um, But yeah, I mean, I love that. I love that Snow White is so charming. And her voice too. Another thing we have to talk about Snow White, we can't, we can't pass that, is her iconic voice. Nobody sounds like that. No, Like, when you hear Snow White's voice, you know it's Snow White. Like, if you just played an audio clip of most of the Disney princesses, I mean, I would know who they are because I, like, I I have a thing about voices, and I think most of us do because we've watched Disney movies so many times, but if you play an audio clip of, of the princesses in random order, and you play Snow White's voice, you know who that is. You know it's Snow White because nobody sounds like her. She's got such a high-pitched voice, and I think her, I, I love her voice. People hate her voice. I love Snow White's voice. I think it's so, because it's so distinct. I feel like so many of the other girls, they just sound like, like, different versions of each other, especially the more modern girls, like, like, Rapunzel, and Anna, and Moana, and even Raya. Those four voices, like, they have similar tones and sounds to each other. You can tell, like, it's, well, you can't tell. Sometimes you can't tell who's speaking. Like, if you just played an audio clip of one of them, obviously I would know who it was because I've seen the movie before. But if I had them, if they were saying a line that was foreign to the film, I probably would be like, who is this? I don't actually know. Because a lot of their speaking voices are very similar in tone and sound to each other, where back then they weren't. Like, Cinderella and Snow White don't sound anything alike. They just don't. Cinderella Aurora and Snow White don't sound anything alike. You toss Ariel into that, she doesn't sound like them either. She might sound closer to the other girls. Like, her and Belle sound somewhat similar. Not completely, but somewhat similar to each other. But if you play a clip of Snow White, you know who that is. Like, without question, you know when it's Snow White talking. Um, And that's another thing that makes her so iconic. She's such a charming character. And I love her, the opening scene of her um, with the doves and her singing her song to them and being by the wishing well and then her meeting the prince who... I have so many questions about the prince. Like, is he... Because there's rumors that he was a musketeer. Like, that he might not even... I I mean, I'm assuming he is the prince because they call him the prince. But... There's all these other questions of what if he wasn't a prince? What what was he? How old was he? Who is this guy? And that's another thing too. It's it's the lack of backstory of a lot of these characters that just kind of, we have to just accept what we're seeing. And it's so different from from you know now where it's like a lot of these characters that come into the film they have backstories. You know Eugene stole a crown, but he has a backstory that we kind of learn. It kind of unfolds who he is. Kristoff has a backstory. We end up meeting his family and finding out who he is. We even see him in the opening, so we know that he was a young boy who grew up. Uh, Prince Hans is the villain, but he has somewhat of a backstory. This prince, we don't know who he is. Prince Philip, we spend some of the movie with him as a child, and then growing up, he has a backstory. Uh, Snow, uh, Cinderella's prince doesn't have as much of a backstory, but he has more than Snow White's prince does. 
Snow White's prince just doesn't have, we don't know much about him at all. He just kind of exists and we're here for it. And also, he's pretty. I think people make fun of it. It's so many, it's so interesting how people feel about Snow White because I've heard so many negative things about Snow White. And I don't get it. I personally love the animation. I love the way that they're drawn. I do think Snow White's uh, prince is very pretty, but she's pretty too. I, you know, I, I think that it's fine. I, I think it's really fine. Um, I even love the like airhead kind of like gifts and names that people have made of him. Um, but I love him. Who also doesn't have a name. I, I know that I think Florian, Florian was the name that they chose, but I also heard that his name was Ferdinand. And I personally personally love the name Ferdinand for him so I do call him Ferdinand I only I only speak about him as Prince Ferdinand I don't give him any other name um I've accepted that uh, Cinderella's prince is just charming I don't really care about his name um but I I call him for I call Snow White's prince Prince Ferdinand and it was actually funny too because that was another thing about the first three princes a lot of people got them confused and called every one of them Prince Charming even though like Sleeping Beauty's prince has an actual factual name. It is Philip. It's said throughout the movie when it, in terms of him, but he's he gets lumped in with the first two princes of not having an actual name. And to me, they all I mean, Prince Philip and Prince Ferdinand do look very similar in like color schemes and stuff, but Prince Charming couldn't look any more different from them. I'm like, he's got dark eyes, he's got dark hair, he doesn't look like the other two guys at all. Like he just he just doesn't. I don't they, they're dressed completely different from each other but specifically him. So I don't understand how the first three princes kind of get lumped together all the time, but they do. It's amusing, but it's it's like, they are different, y'all. Like, they're different. But for most people, I think it, like, for most, like, non-Disney people, if you put them beside each other, they probably couldn't tell you who was who. They probably could tell you who Prince Charming was from Cinderella because he does look very different. But the other two, they probably couldn't tell you, even though Prince Philip fought a whole freaking dragon and has a whole name um, and has like, well, they all have songs, but like, I, I guarantee you they couldn't tell. I did hear, and I don't know how true this is, but I did hear that the prince who plays Snow, uh, plays Snow White, I'm sorry, who, <laughs> sorry, who plays um, the prince in the film I heard that he actually sung the song called Love is a Song from Bambi. But I want to make sure that I'm correct about that because I don't want to put out misinformation. I don't want doing that. Um, so let me see if that is actually true. But I had heard that that's what he, he sung the song. I want to see if that's true. I'm actually looking at a picture of him. Um, his name is Harry, uh, Harry Bayless is, was his name. Um, but I think he ended up going by Harry Stockwell. Um, he was born in 1902 and he passed away in 1984. Oh, wow. He lived a long life. I'm, I'm really surprised that like, I don't know, I would feel like he, he was married. He was married like about twice. Um, and he has children named Guy and Dean. Those are very, those are names. <laughs> um, he was born in Kansas City, Missouri, and he passed away in New York City. So, um... I want to see if that's... Uh, did I make that... I, well, I didn't make it up, but I, like, I remember reading that. I don't know how true this is, though. Sorry, I want to just make sure that I'm correct, because if I'm not correct, then we have a problem. It does kind of sound like him, though, when I heard the song from, from Bambi, but I'm, I'm not seeing anything that says that he um, sang the song. So it might not actually be a thing. Oh, God, he was a blackface singer in Rhapsody in Blue in 1945. Yikes. Um, 
it looks like he wasn't really in much. Like, he only did a few things. I think he might have been more of a stage actor, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, in- very interesting. Both of his, his sons became um, actors. Uh, Dean Stockwell and Guy Stockwell were both actors as well. Um, handsome men, collectively. So, I wonder if they ever worked for Disney and did anything for Disney. That would be kind of awesome. Um, I think Guy actually did a lot more than uh, his father when it comes to working on things. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing much of them actually working for the company. But yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. They both actually died fairly recently. Um, um, I'm sorry. Uh, Dean actually passed away in 2000 or in 2021 last year um, in New Zealand. So... That's crazy. And then the other brother, I think, passed away in 2002. So he passed away about 20 years ago now. But yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, so yeah. Anyway, that's that was the prince. He was he was just kind of there. Um, but I, I did like the prince. I did think the prince was like a really cool character um, in the movie. And if you actually look at the poster for Snow White, the, the theatrical poster, the one I have hanging from my wall, the most iconic picture, I think, of Snow White, because it's just the theatrical poster, the first one. It's completely off. We're going to talk about more things in this. Don't think that we're, we're just talking about this. We're going to talk about pretty much everything I want to talk about with Snow White. But yeah, it's completely off. None of the characters looks like look like themselves. Snow White's actually dressed in kind of a different dress. She does have the, the kind of blue, uh, the yellow, uh, like skirt of the dress, the bottom half, but it looks more gold than it does yellow. Um, and then her corset top, like the, the top of it is not blue, it's red. She's not wearing her cape. She's also wearing a, um, a bow on her head that isn't even a bow from the film. I think her bows in the film are blue and red. This is not either color of that. Um, so she looks very different on the cover. The prince actually looks more angelic on the cover and has longer hair, about almost as long as the length of her hair too, um, in a completely different look. The queen looks very similar to herself in both versions. Uh, the dwarves look a little scary actually compared to how they look in the film. I think only Sneezy has like the actual, well, Sneezy, I would say Sleepy and possibly maybe Bashful look more like themselves, but characters like Grumpy, Dopey, Doc, and Happy look very different from how they end up looking in the final version of the film, and the castle also looks very different too. Um, Again, a reason why I love this is because this was clearly, like, I don't know, I I, want to say this was put together before the actual film, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe this is just, like, someone's, like, rendering of what they saw, and you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's what it was, but this just looks so so different. Like, if you look at all the other covers of Snow White, like the movie that came out, um, they either look more refined versions of them or just like them with a few off colors. But this looks completely different from the act, like from the finished work. You can kind of, you can see and tell who everyone is. I just mentioned who I saw on the cover of the dwarves. You can tell who they are, but they just look very different from the final finished product. Um, and going back to my childhood in 1995, uh, where I think the movie was re-released, either that or 94, I remember going to McDonald's or Burger King and getting the toys for this movie. And I was so excited because the prince had, you got the prince and he came with his horse, but they weren't together. As in, they didn't come as one. Like you could actually have the prince stand on his own without the horse, but you can also sit him on top of the horse. There was Snow White that came out with them too, like in her own little toy. There was the evil queen. I think the Wicked Witch, and I think there were like the dwarves. Uh, one was pushing a 
diamond cart. The other one was like dopey and I think sneezy in like the the the, the man suit when they get on top of each other and they, they dance with Snow White. There was that toy too. Um, so a lot of really cool iconic things that I remember from Snow White that made me just love that movie. Um, and yeah, I love it. Now I want to get into the dwarves because I want to kind of talk about everyone in their own respective ways. But getting back to Snow White and the Prince Eric, and I'm going to talk about the dwarves. Um, yeah, Snow White to me, she's the first princess. I love just, I love her nature. She's very sweet. She's very caring. Um, she's very naive is, is the word I want to use. But to be fair, I feel like there's a naivete to all of the Disney princesses and even the princes as well. There is this sense of like, I'm not fully grown <laughs> about each one of them where they make these decisions. I'm like, that's kind of stupid. Like for Snow White, it would be, you know, not only running into the woods, but like also just deciding to help yourself to someone's house and bring all these animals in and, and all these things. And it's just like, this is really reckless behavior. But you have to keep in mind the fact that she is a 14-year-old girl and there literally is nowhere else to go for her. You don't see another villager. You don't see another household. You just see this one house. So there really is nothing for her to, like, where is she supposed to go? She has nowhere else to go. Um, but I love the, the way the, re- the, act, the animals react to her and just everything about this movie, even, even the huntsman, you know, he has real, from the sound of it, no real allegiance to her, but he cares for her. And so even he's like, I don't want to do this and decides, I'm not going to kill this girl in the Glen. I'm going to tell her the queen is after her and I'm going to make her run away. You need to go. I really love that. It's sad what is implied happens to him afterward. Um, and I guess he does put a heart of a pig in a box. So unfortunately a pig had to die. Luckily we don't see that, but still sad. Um, and even he's like the, the, that must the 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 uh what is it the head length hairstyle like when it comes like right up to your neck must have been the thing of that time period because even the huntsman's hair is given Snow White vibes. It's very short. It's a very short haircut. Um, everyone's given that kind of, except for the queen. You finally get to see the queen's hair and it's long and beautiful and the transformation. Unfortunately, we never get to see her like you know looking all 100 because as soon as that happens we see that it's beautiful and black she's got raven dark hair just like snow white like i was like dude it's weird some of the similarities between these two characters but whatever um it ends up just like turning white and then she gets old but she looks gorgeous in the process that was that was a a gorgeous transformation of you know when she's the queen and her little raven friend her little raven friend was cute too little raven i think it was a raven i'm gonna say it's cute um but yeah, I, I like Snow White. I think she's she's such the heart of the film. I love her individual relationships with all the dwarves. Um, that was another really big thing that I loved too. Um, is how she like how she's there for she knows Gr- Grumpy's gonna be like the hard one to get to. She knows you know Dopey's Dopey's got issues, but she loves him. Um, her relationship with the other ones too, with Bashful and how she kind of you know calls him out when he's shy. Um, she just seems to be very like helpful and happy with them all and I love that about her her character um I also want to taste her gooseberry pie because I'm like is that good do y'all know if gooseberry pie is good hit me up and let me know if it's good because I'm like Snow White Snow White what are you gonna make those pies though what are you gonna make those pies though you and Tiana should open your own sweet shops in Disneyland girl what you doing what you doing what you doing like I want to try gooseberry pie girl a little small one for Thanksgiving, let me see. Maybe some ice cream. Would it go good with ice cream? Do y'all know? I just, I don't, I've never had a gooseberry pie, so I really wouldn't know. Anyway, 
getting in. And of course, the prince, like I said, like he, he was there. He did his thing. Shout out to the prince. You deserve more than what you got. But, you know, it is what it is. Movie has a movie. Next, let's get into... Um, I really have nothing to say about the Huntsman, except I feel bad for him overall. I just I feel bad for you. The Magic Mirror, iconic. Iconic. And honestly, what really helped me, like, love the mirror even more than I already did was the Disney Halloween special back in the day. The One Hour in Wonderland special featuring Catherine Beaumont and Bobby Driscoll back in 1950 and 1951. Um, I bought the Alice in Wonderland like DVD when I was younger and I watched that Hour in Wonderland special and now I have to watch it every Christmas. I'm not even kidding you. Peter Pan had a special of, like that too, but I can't find all the footage of that anywhere, maybe on YouTube, but I love that Hour in Wonderland special. I absolutely, with Ed Bergen and everybody, I absolutely love it. And the magic mirrors in that, and the guy who plays Captain Hook is the magic mirror in that, and he does a great job. And from the 90s version of um, the Disney Halloween treat and in um, the uh, the Halloween special, the, the uh, what is it, the... Disneyland Haunted House Halloween sing-along whatever that's also like both of those two magic mirrors uh the one from the Disney Halloween treat in the uh sing-along both pay homage to the actor who played Captain Hook who did the uh 1950 Alice in Wonderland, uh, Hour in Wonderland thing of the Magic Mirror. They both pay homage to his performance from 1950. And I absolutely love that. Like, I think that's so cute. A little Easter egg. I love that. Um, but yeah, iconic character. Also, Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep. Again, I love stepping into the world of Snow White and going into the dungeon. I loved, you know, fighting off the Magic Mirror. I loved all of that stuff. It was amazing. Um, and now let's get into the dwarves and then we can end this. So the dwarves, um, to me... I love each one of them individually. Like, I love Sneezy. I think Sneezy's probably my least favorite, but I thought he was cute. Growing up, I had a little Sneezy toy. Um, it wasn't little, but, you know, it was the doll-sized toy that I was talking about. I loved that that toy. Um, I really just wanted to give him some Flonase. I'm like, give him some Flonase, y'all. Like, y'all putting flowers in his face and stuff. He's He works in a diamond mine, too. Poor thing is probably always sneezing. Like, good Lord. All that dust and crap? Oh, couldn't be me. And then you put the... Like, she brought the animals into their house? Oh, my gosh. And he has hay fever? Oh, hell no. He was doing a lot. He was doing a lot. Um, my next least favorite is probably Bashful. Um, no, it'd be Sleepy. I love Sleepy. I do love Sleepy, but he's, he's Sleepy. <laughs> he might even be my least favorite, but homie, I'm like, for all the sleep you get, you look the oldest. Like, you just look like you've been through it. So, like, I'm a, I'm afraid for you to keep sleeping, sir, because you just look like you've been through it. So, like... Sleepy is just looking like he's been through too much. But the scene where the fly gets on his nose and he bashes his head. Oh my god, that was funny. I I, I still love that scene. Such a good scene of that movie. Um yeah, just a super cute film. Also when they tie um uh Sneezy's like beard to his nose. It looks like it's so painful. I'm like, oh my god, I can't imagine someone pulling my I've never had a beard that long, but pulling my beard hair and then tell oh my god, I would be probably in so much pain with that um and then there's of course bashful i i like bashful he's he's so he's cute he's so cute um but it's like dude it ain't that deep every time she looks at you you don't have to blush i calm down like but i can't say that because when i'm around my crush i do the same thing i start blushing <laughs> i mean you can't really see it that well but you, i'm blushing <laughs> it's cute. i i don't know i like bashful i think he's he's a cute character he's like somewhere in the middle for me 
Um, the next four, this is where it kind of gets hard because these are the four that I think are the most iconic in the film with the, with the dwarves. You've got Happy, Dopey, um, Doc, and Grumpy, if I didn't say all their names. Um, also, if me using the term dwarf is offensive, please somebody let me know because that's the name that they're given in the movie. But she does also refer to them as little men. But if that's also offensive, then I'm not really sure what to say. Should I just refer to them as little men? I'm not quite sure. Um... The next one, though, that I want to get into, I would say out of all of them, I hate to do this to him, but I'm probably going to say Happy. I love Happy because he's happy. I love him. He's just got this perpetual happiness to him. I love his jolly little laugh. He's like, he's just like almost like a Santa Claus of the group. He's just so happy. And I just, I love that about him. Um, I love the way that he's, he's performed too. He's got such a, like I said, such a happy, um, sound to him. Yeah, I, I love that character so much. Actually, I want to see whose name that is. Like, who, who is happy? And how many, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to look and see who's playing who. So, um, I don't want to say her name wrong. Um, but Adrena, oh God, Castle, Castle, Castellotti as Snow White. And she does a great job. Uh, Lucille, <laughs> that's funny. Because I said she looks like Lucille Ball. But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, Lucille uh, Vern is the evil queen. Um, Harry Stockwell is the prince. Um, Roy Atwell is Doc. Um, and then Grumpy and Sleepy are a guy named uh, Pinto is his name. Okay. Um, Otis Harlan is happy. Um, I, lo- I just love his voice. I wonder if he's done other Disney work too. Scott Matt Raw is bashful. Um... Billy Gilbert is Sneezy. What a name, Billy Gilbert. Isn't there a name? Oh, it's Billy Gilman. I was like, isn't there a country singer? It's Billy Gilman. Shout out to Billy Gilman. Love him. So cute. So handsome. Um, And then... There's two people as dopey, sort of. Ed, um, Eddie Collins was the vocal effects and live action reference. And Jim McDonald voice was the voice effect for dopey. So, cool to know. Um... I don't know. My, Myron, Myroni, I guess is the magic mirror. Myroni Olsen. I'm saying that so wrong. I'm so sorry. And uh, a guy named Stuart was the huntsman. So very, very cool. Um, shout out to such a small cast though, right? Such a small cast. And some of them were doing dual jobs. So it's like even smaller. Um, but yeah, anyway, getting back to the, the dwarves. I loved Happy. I love his his voice. The next one is probably going to be Doc for me. I really do love Doc as well. Um, him and Happy are so similar. Like, I feel like out of the brothers, they get along, or the, the seven men, I'm assuming they're brothers, they get along, I feel like, the most, like, swimmingly. I just feel like those, and, and bashful. I feel like those three just get along so well and get each other so well, in my personal opinion. Um, but at the same time, I think Doc has a great relationship with Grumpy as well, too. Um, and I, and I just, I love him. He's the leader of the bunch, and you can tell that he really cares for Snow White, and he's very, he's, he's, like, you know, goofy and silly, but so, so are all of the other ones. My coffee, guys, my coffee. Next is Grumpy. Grumpy is my second favorite. Now, he, to me, him and Dopey are arguably the, the most popular ones in the film. I think in the time period the film has, that, that when the film came out, I can't say words, Dopey was like the star of the film for sure. But I think over time, Grumpy has made his own fan base. A lot of dads, like middle America dads, a lot of them love Grumpy. My dad actually loves Grumpy. He has a Grumpy mug that I think I bought him years and years ago from Disneyland. Um, I think he's, he's, he's a dad fan favorite, um, is Grumpy. And 
I, I think what I love about Grumpy too is that yeah, he's he's always miserable, but he has so much love for Snow White. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things in the movie is that all these different characters with their different personalities have so much love for Snow White. Um, and I, I kind of wish the Queen had had that too. Is I wish that like even though she was jealous and she was hateful, I wish there could have been an element of I actually care for her. Again, I was reading one of the books. I I can't remember this woman's name, but she she made these books. Um, and even in Once Upon a Time, the Queen has love for Snow White at first. There is this love for Snow White that I think it fades from the rage and the jealousy, but there is that love there to some degree. I would love to have seen the queen not necessarily be redeemed, but have that love for Snow White. And even though it's overshadowed by her jealousy, she does recognize that there is a love for this girl somewhere inside of her. I kind of like that. Without having to redeem her, I like that. Um, but all these characters have so much love for Snow White. The animals, the huntsmen, um, even sort of the magic mirror has is very indifferent to, to everyone, there is no, I, I, his allegiance is to whoever has the power, but there doesn't seem to be a love for anybody. Um, and there's also rumors that the slave in the magic mirror is her father, the queen's father, or even Snow White's father in the mirror, which could be a thing. I don't know who is the slave in the mirror, who put that there, which is another question that never gets any answers, like, ever. Um... And then, so like I said, getting back to the dwarves, sorry, I always do that, I always veer off. Getting back to the dwarves, um, yeah, I love Grumpy. Grumpy, I love his character. I think he's got some of them, but he has the most growth, I think, out of all the dwarves in the film. And then lastly, of course, we have Dopey, the silly one. Um, love him. Hate what happens to him in the movie, throughout the movie. He's always getting bashed. I'm like, no wonder why he's dopey. Like, he's falling down the stairs. Y'all knock him out with stuff. Like, stop. The whole soap scene, too another issue uh which by the way those men must have stunk to high heaven how she slipped on their beds and didn't like fall out from the funk girl they're working seven days a week in a mine okay in a mine in a mine in a mine in a mine girl i know they stink so there's no way you didn't smell them the second you opened the damn door you should have known funk is up in this house somebody's funk you can't tell me they're not but the shower scene the bath scene was cute i thought it was cute it was a cute scene but yeah they stink anyway that's that's all the seven doors i love them all so much i love all their personalities i love dopey so much of course like i said he was a really big star for that movie um I want to get into some other things and then we're going to end this. So the songs in the film, I do like the music in Snow White. I love the the orchestra music, of course. I think it's iconic from beginning to end. It's the first movie and it opens with the storybook. And a lot of films after that, especially princess ones for a long time, opens with that beautiful storybook and ended with that storybook thing too. I love the color scheme in that too. The gold and the like the, the white sort of like, the, not even white, it's like a cream color, like the gold, the cream color, plus the red and then the dark colors of the queen, the red, the purple, the black. I love the different color schemes in the movie. I just think they're very rich looking um, to me. And um, even the color schemes in the face of the mirror, beautiful. And the smoke, I love it. The effects in Snow White were so, so cool. I love the, spe the, the special effects. <laughs> special effects. Um, and what you could do with, with hand-drawn animation at the time was just so, like, innovative. And I think that's what made Snow White so huge was everything about it. And like I said, in, in, the, in the cultural influence after that, too, was such a big deal. There were so many different kind of spoofs, even some really toxic, negative racist spoofs of Snow White after that but it's such it's such an iconic film that will sit forever in like just I think the hierarchy of animated films it's just it's incredible um and it's one of my top 10 favorite Disney films of all time maybe because of all the nostalgic uh of what I got all the nostalgia from what I got of it also the reputation that it has like Snow White has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and I think some of the other characters do too like Dopey and 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 uh Grumpy maybe all of them do I'm not even sure about that um 
but the music, yeah, the music is, is again, timeless. I love Someday My Prince Will Come. Um, I love, um, oh my God, uh, One Song with the Prince singing. I love that one too. Um, of course, Whistle While You Work is a bop too. Um, and then, um, Hi Ho, of course. Um, and then the song they all sing, oh God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, what is that song called when they're singing in the house with her? I don't remember what that song is called. What is that song called? Whatever that called, the little party song. I love that. And I remember when I had like this little Disney Christmas video um, that had like, it was like Donald or whomever, or Jiminy Cricket was narrating it. And it had like little Christmas tree bulbs. And in, in each one, there was like a letter from one of the Disney princesses or somebody. And there was a scene, that particular scene, the dance scene from Snow White was in that, that little uh, special. And I remember that scene from that special, loving that scene. Um, and then even later, they even used that technology they did to, for her in the, the dwarves and the dance scene in movies like as late as the Robin Hood. And Robin Hood was like, what? I said the Robin Hood. Robin Hood. And that was in like the 60s or 70s. So that was really cool to see some of that animation kind of being reused in other films. I don't think it's cheap at all. I think it's a really cool, cute nod to that film. And even seeing Snow White in more updated and modern things like Kingdom Hearts and interacting with the other girls and like seeing her on House of Mouse and seeing her in Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph Books the Internet. It's so good to see this character who started the whole shebang of these animated movies still being relevant to this day. And I would love to see more of those characters. I would love to see the prince walking around the parks and being in different movies and things. It would be really exciting to see these character stories kind of get flushed out in new things. You know, now that Disney has Disney Plus, there's so many ways to tell these stories and to make these characters once again relevant to a whole new demographic, but also continuing the story. And fun fact, there was going to be a sequel, a planned sequel for Snow White called Snow White Returns, in which Snow White was going to be getting married to the prince and the seven dwarves were trying to make her a cake and make her present, you know, bring her presents and celebrate her, um, her marriage. We were going to get to see what happens after, after happily ever after, but that never quite came through. We have seen some kind of revenants of that in other, you know, sequels like the Cinderella sequel, uh, her sequels, even Sleeping Beauty when she had like that, like not so sequel in the Disney Enchanted Tales. We got to see what happened after she married Philip, how she had to sign all these proclamations. Philip went off to go do some stuff, but we got to see her and the Three Good Fairies interacting with each other. We got to see her interacting with the wand, which she would do if she had the wand. So we have seen some of like some revenants of that, that unfinished work in other projects. I just think personally, it'd be great to see Disney go back to that original storytelling of Snow White and do a really fun sequel and see what you could do with it and do it in hand-drawn animation. That way it feels like it doesn't feel weird. Like the Swan Princess sequels, for example, the first three were done in hand-drawn animation and then we get straight into computer animation and we never look back. I don't want to see that. I want to see a film that would go straight from Snow White, the first one to this one and do, you know, the best you can to animate it and make it look really well and decent. You know, obviously the Sleeping Beauty, when we saw the, uh, the, semi-sequel to that the animation was nowhere near what it should have been the voice casting was nowhere near where it should have been so i would like to see time and effort put into making a snow white sequel that would be really decent but maybe the reason why they won't do it is because they can't really touch it as in like you can't top the original but considering the fact that you you did it with sleeping beauty you didn't do it but like you attempted it with something like sleeping beauty which is my opinion the greatest animated movie of all time when it comes to the animation, the hand-drawn animation, and even the, the music, 
the score, you can't top Sleeping Beauty. I said what I said. It's not my favorite Disney film of all time, but it is the greatest animated film of all time. I've never seen animation look so pristine and so amazing. And that was back in 1950 freaking nine. And I haven't seen better than that. Like without the aid of a computer, I have not seen better than that. You can't change my mind. Sorry. It was a great, great movie. Um, which owes a lot of its success. Every, and going back to Snow White, everything about what Disney is now, or what Disney should be now anyway, is stems from her. It does stem from Mickey Mouse too, of course, but it stems from this princess, this 14-year-old, high-pitched, some would say annoying ass, princess. And I, I love that. I love that that's where it got its start from. And it feels like that. Snow White feels like the first film. Does that sound weird? But it does to me. It just, it, like, if I could, if you, if you played the first five films, Snow White, Pinocchio, Bambi, Fantasia, uh, Dumbo. In my opinion, Snow White feels like the first. It just does. Pinocchio, um, I mean, well, yeah, Pinocchio and Bambi feel a little bit more advanced. Like, for example, the, the opening scene in Pinocchio with the star and how it swoops back into the, down into the town feels more advanced than Snow White, just that scene alone. The opening sequence in Bambi with the multi-layered camera thing or whatever the glassing that they did feels more, you know, um, cinematic than Snow White does. Um, things in Fantasia for sure look more pristine than Snow White does. Dumbo, eh, eh. But I would have to say Snow White, Dumbo just doesn't feel like a beginning. Dumbo doesn't feel like, you know, it's the first movie, if that makes sense. It, like, if I were to watch that, I would say, I don't think this is Disney's first movie. I think it was, it was probably around in the 40s, but it definitely was not their first movie. Snow White feels like the first movie. And it just feels very prestigious. And I think that's something, even what, like 90 90 plus years later, I think now, um, it still feels that way. It still feels like, I think it's going on 100 years. Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's going on, is it 80 years now? Where are we with Snow White? We're about to be 90 years. We're about to be 90, right? Because she, well, she came out in 37. So, nine, so 2037 will be 100 years. So that's, but that's, God, that's coming up. That's, that's, that's not too far away at all. Um, so she'll be, she'll be turning 90 soon. She'll be celebrating the 90 years. And I think, uh, Five years, I think. We'll be celebrating five years, uh, 80 years. Or, sorry, sorry, shut up. 90 years of Snow White in about five years. And you know what else is really crazy? I'm surprised that we have not gotten a Disney resort with Snow White's castle. Like, that being the centerpiece. We've had Sleeping Beauty's castle be the centerpiece. We've had Cinderella's be the centerpiece. And then we have the one, I think, in Hong Kong, or I think it's Hong Kong, that has all the different castle pieces to it. But we don't have one that pays homage to Snow White. And I'm surprised that Disneyland hasn't decided to rebuild Sleeping Beauty's castle and turn it into Snow White's castle. I think it's too ingrained in us now to know that that's Sleeping Beauty's castle. But however, since Paris has Sleeping Beauty's castle and I think it's time for a Disneyland remodel, I don't think anybody would argue that it should be um, Snow White's castle because she's the first and that is the first park and that movie meant so much to Walt Disney. And it was actually successful where Sleeping Beauty in the originally was not successful for the company. So I wonder if they would ever decide to change it. Um, but yeah, ending this out, Snow White is one of the most iconic Disney films of all time. My favorite scene in this movie has got to be the transformation scene of the queen. Any 
any scene the queen is in, she steals. But Snow White is not to be looked over or overlooked at all. I think her, her songs, her voice, her presence is so important to the film. And I love The Seven Dwarves. It's just such an iconic, fun Disney film. The animation is beautiful. Um, to me, it's, some, it's better than some of the work that's come out of, you know, of recent, not only of Disney, but in other, other areas too. And it's just a film I think that's always going to remain timeless and classic because of what it did for the company afterward and how I think people finally started to take Walt Disney and not just Walt Disney, but animation and storytelling through animation seriously because of this movie. And I think it will forever go down in history as one of the greatest animated films of all time. And that is the end of this podcast episode. And I hope if you listened to it this far, I thank you. I love you. And I want to talk to you about Pinocchio. So we're going to do that pretty soon too. We're going to talk about all the Disney films because I just want to talk about them all. But I will see you guys later. Have a great rest of your day, night, evening, afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, and have a magical day. Bye. Hey guys, so I wanted to add a little bit more to the Snow White episode. I feel like I didn't do enough to talk about the impact of it, um, but at the same time I did. Like I said, I feel like it is the blueprint of so many other films to come, oh, well, every other film to come after it. Um, you know, one that's one thing I love about Snow White. I feel like it really does do that for its audience. But I also wanted to talk about some things that I knew and I did not know on the expansion of the film and the lore of the story. So, um... I believe in the very early 2000s, some things did happen with Snow White. Um, for example, there was a video game um, for the Game Boy Color in 2001 um, that kind of expanded more on the story, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, of course, I've talked about uh, the Kingdom Hearts reference from Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, where she's a princess of heart, even though you don't see her story. And then Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, which is a prequel to that game, which we do see a little bit more of the development of her story, her prince, everyone involved. Um, there was also, in 2013, um, a free-to-play mobile game of Snow White. Uh, it was called The Queen's Return, um, which was an uncanonically uncanonic um, continuation of the film. The Queen has survived the, had survived the fall in the, clim- the climax of the film, um, and then had reverted to her like queen form um, to cast a new curse on Snow White and the dwarves in their entire forest. That sounds really cool. I kind of want to go and see if there's like any gameplay footage of that and what it would like, what it would consist of because I kind of, I'm a little bit obsessed now. I really want to know. Like I'm invested in knowing this story. Um, there's also the world building game. I'm on Wikipedia, by the way, uh, called Disney's Magic Kingdom. I have heard of that one. Um, it includes Snow White, all the dwarves and stuff. Um, and it, it's like themed to like the attraction. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go past the the radio music hall thing, um, which I guess there was a song, uh, a song's called Welcome to the Kingdom of Once Upon a Time, and Will I See Her, Will I Ever See Her Again, which sounds like it's from the prince's point of view of things. I would love to hear that song. We all listen to it. That sounds really cool. Um, but it ran from October 8th, 18th to November 18th in 1979. Um, that's really cool, actually. That's pretty awesome. Is that, what? That's cool. I love that. Um, This is the part that blew my wig all the way back because I did not know about this. Um, But there was going to be a canceled Snow... There There was a canceled Snow White prequel. Not just a sequel, but a prequel. Now, this one would have been, um in the mid-2000s when it was called Disney Toon Studios. They began developing a computer animated prequel to Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, which I hate that. I hate that it was going to be computer animated, but lazy is what lazy does. Um... 
Now, if I'm wrong about that, you know, I'm, no, I'm not going to say it's lazy because honestly, I'm sure 3D animation is very hard. I'm very difficult. I'm not an animator by any means, so I have nowhere. I cannot call them lazy. I just prefer the, the traditional animated style, especially when it comes to characters like Snow White and we're doing a prequel. It seems very weird to do like a, a, a more like jazzed up or like, you know, more glossy looking prequel and then giving us like the original movie, which doesn't look that way. Like see Star Wars, girl. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, anyway, but, like, honestly, the prequels in Star Wars make sense because, like, there, there was a whole war going on, so it does make sense that, like, you know, by the time we get to, you know, um, the original trilogy, why it would look the way it does because of the fact that, like, so much has already gone on before these characters came into existence. Wars and shit, planets have been destroyed, a lot of people have become scavengers. It kind of does make sense why those worlds don't look as rich as they do in the prequels because of all that shit that's happened. However, comma, um, when you watch the newer films, they look richer than, you know, than the prequels. So it kind of was like, eh, whatever. Um, anyway, so that was going to happen. It was going to be titled, um, The Seven Dwarves. Uh, it was going to be directed by Mike Daza and the screenplayer was, uh, the screenwriter was going to be by, uh, some guy named Evan. Um, they pitched a story explaining how the seven dwarves met and how the evil queen killed Snow White's father dark um and took control of the film the throne i'm adding words that i shouldn't um according to Diza, disney tune why not just saying tune disney disney tune managed uh management changed the pre the prequel's plot to the to center around uh how dopey lost his voice upon witnessing the death of his mother that is freaking you guys, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. Um, after Disney purchased Pixar in 2006, John Lasseter, Disney Tunes, so weird to say it that way, Disney Tunes new uh, chief executive or new chief creative officer, sorry, uh, canceled this uh, the Seven Dwarfs uh, prequel. Um, I have my thoughts. I feel like both of those could have worked. Both of those plot points could have worked in the same film. Like, it would have been a lot, but we could have seen... That, that's a lot of death, yeah. But we could have seen how the queen killed someone's father, but also the death of Dothi's mother. I don't see why that had to happen. Like, why that's necessary to the plot. Like, it's okay that he doesn't speak. Some people just don't speak. It's fine. He's deaf. That's okay. Um... And it's interesting that it was going to talk about how the seven dwarves met, meaning that they are not brothers. They are just seven men who happen to live with each other. So that's kind of interesting, too. I, I kind of, I don't hate that idea. I, I don't, it's not my favorite. I like the idea of them being brothers, but I also don't hate that idea. I think it's fine to have those seven men living together. And, you know, I, I think that's okay. That's cool. But I think it's just... I don't know, that just seems so dark that, like, he witnessed the death of his mother, therefore he cannot speak. I just think that's sad. Like, things don't have to be that sad, girl. Like, it's interesting. Like, I would watch it, but that just seems sad for no reason. <laughs> we're already gonna see the... We're, we would already witness the death of Snow White's father. That's sad enough, okay? Um, let me see. What else is there? talking about the creation which I already knew um oh yes this was also interesting so the live action adaptation of Snow White that's coming out um I guess at one point was not going to feature dwarves or still might not feature them because of and I do remember an actor speaking out about how this is not okay to have the named dwarves or to have you know uh seven little men um depicted this way and so I think they decided to change the creatures in the film that's what I had heard um and what I had seen online however it looks like someone has announced in in 2022 uh this past summer a guy named uh mark martin 
I'm not saying Kaliba um, announced that he would be playing Grumpy. So I'm a little confused. Does that mean that the, the seven little men will be in the film? Or does that mean that they decided to have seven different creatures, but one is going to be named Grumpy? I mean, I think it's possible. It's doable. I'm just kind of confused. What does that actually mean for that movie? But I am excited to see this film. And it is played by, uh, Snow White is played by a beautiful Latina, and I'm excited to see what she's gonna bring, what she gonna give to this movie. Um, and Gal, uh, Gal Gadot is gonna be playing, Wonder Woman, is gonna be playing the evil queen. And I'm just like, girl, you're beautiful. Uh, but Rachel, Rachel Ziegler, I think is her name, uh, is playing Snow White. But I'm like, Gal, that's, that's the thing about the evil queen. She's always, in every adaptation, she's played by a beautiful woman, you know, because the queen is beautiful. That's why I'm like, why y'all jealous of, of Snow White? Like, honestly, Snow White and the Huntsman, Charlize Theron being jealous of, of freaking uh, Kristen Stewart, where? Why? Where? Um, but I get it. It's more than just about beauty. Uh, beauty is only skin deep. It's also about beauty of the soul and the spirit. But to that, I still say, where? Um, like, Homegirl that played Regina once upon a time, I mean, both of them are beautiful. Both Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Goodwin and um, Homegirl that plays Regina in the show, beautiful ladies. Like, beautiful ladies. But I'm like, Regina, what are you jealous for? You look good, girl. Which is, girl, girl. Let her have her, you know, who cares? Okay. Shoot. But yeah, I mean, I don't get it. Um, what else? Let's see. Um, there's some other, like, things that the Seven Dwarfs and stuff have to have appeared in stuff. Oh, this is one I wanted to read too because I thought it was so interesting. An animated television series featuring a new version of the Seven Dwarfs titled The 7D, I hate that kind of name, um, premiered on Disney XD on July 7th, 2014 and ended and ended its run on November 5th, 2016. The show takes place 30 years before the events of the original film. Did you guys know about this? Because I did not know about this. I did not know about this at all. I'm like a little bit shook because I don't remember the 70. And I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm gonna have to watch this show. I, I don't know if it's on Disney Plus, but it probably will be on YouTube. I did not know this. Had I known that, but at the time, this was a time I wasn't watching Disney XD. So a lot of things could have come out and I would not have known about it. But I'm actually shook that they decided to do a series on the Seven Dwarfs and it was 30 years before. But granted, I didn't know about the Three Caballeros show with, uh, that came on, uh, that's on Disney Plus now. I had no freaking idea. And I, I guarantee these probably came around around the same time because I had no idea these things existed. No idea. And I'm, you know me, girl, I'm all about the Disney news and stuff, but I'm surprised that there were no, there, there were like no advertisements for these shows, I think even on Disney Channel. I think these were just strictly on Disney XD. But I remember watching Disney XD sometimes, like very, very rarely. But I remember watching Disney XD and I've never ever come across those two shows, the 7D or the Three Caballero show. I don't remember these things. So I'm like, I'm actually kind of shook. And I, I want to know now, like a full list of Disney XD shows because I didn't know them. I did finish the Three Caballeros show and I thought it was great. And I love the inclusion of April, May, and June. I love the inclusion of them. But I can't believe I didn't know about these things when they were actually in their prime because I would have watched the shit out of both these shows. Y'all, I'm so upset. Um, yeah, I want to know about that. Last but not least, in this Wikipedia, it is mentioned about uh, the, the Doctor Strange movie, uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, um, with the whole Wanda's kids watching the uh, uh, Snow White thing. And I remember loving that parallel. So I'm like, well, that makes sense. She's the evil queen who's also an evil witch. And here we have Wanda being the evil witch. It was a really cute, like not, well, cute is probably not the right word, but it was, it was an interesting parallel between these two stories of how Wanda had become the evil thing that the boy 
boys were afraid of and the evil queen Snow White is the evil thing that their mother that that she was afraid of Snow White's stepmother who she loved had become this evil woman and she had to run and flee from her and here we have Wanda who her kids loved and now they're afraid of her she's become the villain of the story so I loved the parallel between Snow White and her innocence and youth being afraid of her stepmother even though she had love for her she knew that she was evil and the same thing goes for you know Wanda's kids in this movie they have love for their mother even though this wasn't their their mother they had love for their mother but she had she turned and she became this evil thing she didn't have to be um so I actually loved that like that parallel of the story and I think they're watching an Oswald cartoon that has a witch in it as well so I think there was always like this underlying thing of like a witch theme in whatever they were watching on the tv that happened to be Disney so that was really cool and again another way that Snow White has really helped influence more of uh, more media um with that I think that's that's pretty iconic in itself so I'm really excited to see what's going to come with this new Snow White film next year I'm more I'm I'm more curious now than ever because of the fact that we don't get seven dwarves or seven little men they're going to be something else but the one's going to be named Grumpy I want to see how they handle that um and I hope they have more to say and do in the story than the three good fairies from Sleeping Beauty because that really irritated me how like their parts were so scaled back in both those films I hated it I hated it so I really want to see how like I'm not saying I hated the movies per se I'm saying that I wanted to see I wanted more from them and I wanted more from most of the cast of Maleficent besides Maleficent I think she gave enough I wanted to see more people give more but the writing I think wasn't there I think it was intended for just her to be amazing and everybody else was just subpar in my personal opinion I don't want to see that with Snow White but I feel like with Snow White you know I don't know, uh, Maleficent was such a huge part of Sleeping Beauty that I get why people wanted more from her. But I think with Snow White, Snow White really does carry this film. So I, I can't imagine her getting like a backseat to, you know, the Evil Queen or the Seven Dwarves. I think she's probably going to be a very central part of this film where, you know, Sleeping Beauty, Aurora was not... While she was a big part of the movie, like a bigger part in Maleficent than she was in Sleeping Beauty, I still feel like it was too Maleficent focused for me. I know the movie's called Maleficent. I get that. But I wish it was more like Sleeping Beauty where she wasn't the centralized figure um, and we got more from Prince Philip and Aurora and all these characters that they downplayed and then straight up just changed, which I, girl, no. No, 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 no. At least in the sequel, we get a little more from the prince. He could have done more, but at least we get a little bit more from him. But the sequel, like, I haven't watched that movie since I saw it the first time. I was like, eh, whatever. Anyway, that's the end of this podcast episode. I really want to find out more about 7D. Once I've watched more of that, I will get back to you guys. But yeah, I'm really excited to do the series on on these Disney films. I'm going to do Pinocchio next. I don't know if I'm going to do them once a week or if I'm going to do them. I could do them sporadically. I can do them simultaneously. I don't know when I'm going to do them. I just know that they're going to start coming in. So expect more from me. Um, as long as I'm doing this podcast and I'm living and breathing, expect more from me um, on this really cool uh, new journey that I want to take with talking about Disney films. I've wanted to do this the whole time on the channel, but I've been so back on everything, back to run everything. By the way, the day of recording of this episode is Aaron Carter's birthday slash Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 2022. Um, rest in peace, Aaron Carter. I wanted to do a podcast episode devoted to him and I might still do one tonight. I have it's still got a few hours left in the day, so that might happen. But I really want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this and I will see you guys next time. Have a great, have a magical rest of your day, evening, afternoon, night, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll see you guys later. Bye.